0: What's up, y'all? This is Illiterate. My name is Evan.
1: My name is Taylor. I did some
0: research on a guy this week. And I've been privy to this guy for most of my life. Who are we talking about? We're talking about Stan Lee, the Marvel mastermind. Woo! Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Uh, Real quick, Stan Lee was an American comic book writer, editor, publisher, and producer. Uh, He rose through the ranks of a family-run business. Marvel Comics. Uh <laughs> You know it, I roasted, know it, everybody knows it. Rose through <laughs> the ranks uh, to become the creative primary leader for two decades, uh leading an expansion from a small division publishing house to a multimedia corporation that dominated the comic book industry and now the cinema industry is and Avengers it. is coming out or it has today, come out today. It'll be today, oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's I'll why we're there. talking about him. How we're did going this tonight at ten forty five. You're going pre <laughs> booked? Mm-hmm. <pre-booked? laughs> Well, okay, so we'll cover this straight out. I'm not huge on the most recent of the Marvel ones. I personally like the like the early two thousand ones with like Tobey Maguire Spider Man, right? The original X Men. I even like the Ben Affleck Daredevil Director's Cut. Uh, you know, I'm I'm into more of those. So like, I was still with it when they get to Iron Man, Mm -hmm. but. Once that's I realized they like were the real... start for everybody yeah. else, I was with it, and then I re- when I realized they were trying to distance away from the other movies and really starting it, that's when I was like, mm, I kind of like these, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And so they just kept have kept going down that yeah. train, and it is what it is now. But I just feel a little less connected. But I've I've kept I haven't seen them all, right. but I've I've kept up here and there. Like I did not see Ant Man, I didn't see yeah. those, but. I saw The Last Avengers. I've seen, like, the major ones. I think we'll talk a little
1: bit throughout the history of these things, how, you know, it is seasons and times in culture and what's going on and how it is able to adapt. Like, people still, you know, go see Shakespeare plays and they put different modern spins on them or they do different things to them or they change the gender of Mm -hmm. the characters, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah. Stanley's not opposed to that. And so in all of these creations, there's a lot of... Moving things around to fit what what people are interested in. The multiverse. (laughs) The multiverse. Should I just jump right in? Yeah, let's get it. From the very start, Stanley Lieber is his name. Romanian parents, first generation American. He was born in 1922, so grew up in the Great Depression, Mm. which uh, majorly affected his personal life, his father always looking for work. He went to DeWitt Clinton High School, which is in New York. He grew up in one of the suburbs. So DeWitt Clinton High School, huge all-boys school, 12,000 Ooh. students. They uh All boys, huh? Mm-hmm. It stopped being all boys in the 1980s. Oh. But it has so many, if you go look it up online, so many famous alumni. Not in the year that he was, but the two dudes who created... Both guys, uh, Kane and Finger who created Batman mm. came from that school as well as Ralph Lauren. Oh wow. Tracy Morgan. <laughs> and uh the kid who's now the rapper A Boogie, he went to the same school as Stan Lee. Wow. So just tons and tons of stuff. But obviously you can see if there's 12,000 boys, you're going to kind of get right. lost in the shuffle and so he was very bookish and reading books and minding to himself. He did work for the magazine of the school and you know, but just didn't really stand out that much.
0: I wonder if he still sounded like a seventy-year-old man. As I think of his old. voice,
1: Excelsior. Yeah, <laughs> he's
0: walking around. Ooh, Stan. I did Stanley. listen to some of his early interviews when he still
1: ha- doesn't have uh, white hair, and yeah. you know, and he does kind of sound that way. So he graduates the school in 1939. So he's had some odd jobs in high school. No chance of going to college at this mm. point, but he has some odd jobs in high school. And then goes on to straight away work for this company called Timely Comics, and this is a subdivision of so a larger. So at this
0: time, is he like knowing he wants to, like, is he thinking he wants to be like a you know a colorist or a cartoonist or like what? He wanted to be. He, want he wanted to... to
1: write. He wanted to write the okay. great American novel. So at
0: this point, he's trying to be catcher in the rye. Exactly. Okay. I yeah. okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So comics are not not his not what he's aiming to do that's just a writing thing. Yeah, and there was gotcha. some
1: familial relation that was able to it's ambiguous how exactly it worked out but some connection helped him get this job. Well, a yeah, small loan from his father. <laughs> <laughs> it was like his cousin's nephew's uncle was the guy who did whatever in there. So he got this. It's a it's a whole big publishing company. The guy who runs it is Martin Goodman, mm-hmm. who he will come up throughout this because he's Goodman. He's very concerned with the business of it, as he should, because it's the business. But he's very much like, okay, this is a smaller division. We've got magazines. We've got other things. Here's this small section called Timely Comics. There's only two guys in it, Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. And Stan Lee comes into this thing. He's basically just the assistant, production assistant, gopher guy. He's filling up the ink wells. He's sweeping up the pencil shavings. He's getting them sandwiches. And uh, I'll take care of that, Bath. Don't
0: worry. I got (laughs) it. I'll be
1: right there. And that's all he's doing the whole time. It's just the same voice. Mostly what they were doing, though, at this time with the comics was just these men's pulpy magazines, meaning like. Sort of lewd or provocative, mm. that was what was selling at the time, With not the really a wine uh, yeah. bible type, yeah. type uh yeah, definitely not a career of great esteem gotcha. or desire, so he's like, I'm just doing this because we need money, and like i said yeah. the, the the looming sense of his father's career and this stuff going on was very, very much, he's just like, I got to keep working, and which then later applies to his work ethic further down the line, because he was just so concerned with, I can't not be working. I was interested in this. His bosses, so Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, they're only 27 and 23. It's not like they're these 50-year-old men who've been in the business for a long time. Exactly. Yeah. So then um, Superman comes out in 1939... Right when he right. gets this job, so that sort of changes their comics. But again, Martin Goodman, the boss, the pub, the, the main publisher, he's like, "Oh, cool. We're just going to copy mm-hmm. whatever anybody else is doing that's <laughs> successful. So let's get on some superhero stuff, One of right? Those, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he, so. he had the idea. We're still doing it. Yeah." <laughs> So they so they came up so they came up with Namor the Submariner who's still a Marvel property and the Human Torch which has nothing to do with the Fantastic 4. <laughs> um but those were their two main characters and then they came up with Captain America in 1940 and in 1941, so the year after Captain America came out, they gave Stanley a chance. So he did he did two pages and this was just like prose. It wasn't even part of the actual comic mm-hmm. because it was all different. They they would put out a comic that's 20 pages or whatever it was. And then there'd be, you know, three or four different stories and then some other. Right. And then they give him a couple more things to do.
0: So uh, he gets the leftover pages yeah. and makes what he can of it and gets a little more here and there. Here and there. But know? again, he's still yeah. like, I don't want to do this comic yeah. stuff.
1: So this Simon and Kirby. He's not going to
0: anything. This is a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, I want to write the great American novel.
1: I'm catching the rye. <laughs> it's in the back of his mind this whole time. Simon and Kirby, his bosses, get fired because, uh, so this is a, this is the start of, and oh, if there is, is, if there is something name. to be a controversy, it <laughs> is here. <laughs> so Simon and Kirby are fired because uh, according to Kirby, Simon is like less of a what judgmental, a classic, angry guy. What a classic
0: group named Simon and Kirby. They sound <laughs> yeah. like some sort of like twenties, like comedy act. Yeah. And they have a, d- please welcome Simon and Kirby. Yeah. And they have a little like mannequin <laughs> dummy. <laughs> that's half of
1: the act. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Uh <laughs> Simon and Kirby get fired. They get fired because, according to Kirby, Stanley ratted them out because they were oh. mo- they were moonlighting for DC. Oh, because they were just everybody was trying to get work yeah. everywhere, any yeah. which way, and so yeah. they were doing stuff on the side. And so they were, So Martin Goodman's like, "This can't happen." And Stanley knew about it, but Kirby thinks that he ratted told him, him or whatever.
0: Well, is it true? Is he admitting it's true? What that he was moonlighting. No, they it. no. I mean, they, they, they were come out and said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they were. But it was just the fact that he said that Stan Lee told that told on them. Yeah, but the point is, they were moonlighting with <laughs> <producing> DC Comics. Why <laughs> is anything. that? Why is that ever valid? It's like, yeah, but he told, and it's <laughs>
1: uh-huh, well. This is well. now we know, right? So this is where <laughs> the resentment stems from. Throughout, we'll get into throughout the whole career of what's going on, and mm. they come back much later in the in mm. the story. Oh, um, so now they're gone. And the reason he's called Stan Lee, even though I said at the beginning his name is Stanley Lee Lieber, yeah. is because comics are stupid, according to him at this point, and he doesn't want to have his real name on it, <laughs> so he just went by Stan Lee. Wow. And so then that was his comics writing name,
0: and so he just kept that for the comic book. If you ever see some like gross, pulpy Tijuana Bible written by Evan Russ, <laughs> uh, I didn't do it. <laughs> it was a dark time You <laughs> traveling in south america and you come
1: across like what is this piece of trash who is this so now that they're gone they got to find another they got to find another team right yeah for this thing is martin goodman's like up? yeah he's like nah you can do it <laughs> so he takes over everything cool. he's the art director he's oh, the wow. editor he's everything and he's getting freelance people to help him Hell, out yeah he uses multiple names in this time frame because he can't It can't be a one-man show. (laughs) The credits. It's George
0: Lucas, George Lucas, George (laughs) Lucas, George Lucas. I made fun of that so much as a five-year-old. I just went, I'm George Lucas, I'm everything. (laughs) Because it's edited by, recorded. Yeah. So he
1: goes by Neil Nats, which is just Stan Lee backwards for some of the (laughs) art direction. He goes by Stan Martin, because his middle name is Martin. Mm -hmm. He's just adding all these fake names into the thing, because he's a
0: 19-year-old publishing comics. It's like uh, the score for Halloween. Uh, the John Carpenter film, the score is credited to the Kentucky uh, Bowling Green Philharmonic, which does not exist. Oh, they just wanted it <laughs> to sound just more. just didn't want it to be John Carpenter. Oh. Yeah, he wanted it to sound, <laughs> yeah, he wanted it to sound more robust. That's funny. He's like, he's just from Bowling Green. He's like, yeah. oh, the Bowling Green Philharmonic does not exist. I wonder how many people in their
1: early career do that, where it's like, yeah. actually, yeah. most of the stuff that we think of... Is just one person trying to make it look like that's more important than it yeah. actually is, yeah. Or to just to add value. He's 19 years old. He's on his own. He's editing. He's art directing. He's doing all of this stuff. And then the next sort of phase of his journey in the 40s, of course, World War II. So he enlists nah, in the army. <laughs> 1942 in World War II. Now that's a movie. Yeah. <laughs> he enlists. He wants to fight, and they're like, "No, nah, you're too smart." we're going to use you for something else. So he starts doing these in, instructional films, the cartoons. Oh cool. He's still freelancing for Timely Comics on the side though. They're sending him stuff and he's mm-hmm. sending it back. He's going to got that the side gig. But he's traveling around, he's writing training manuals in the form of comics. Mm-hmm. I think we said in the Dr. Seuss episode this is when they link up. For a right. time, right?
0: Oh, cool!
1: In this span then of we time, are. so it's interesting, also because we said that Dr. Seuss already had an illustrious career in yeah. advertising, whereas Stanley is just a kid here, right? Um,
0: wow, that's it. that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. So I love that we only covered that a couple of weeks ago, and then now here we are t- telling we're, we're treading <laughs> the, the same waters. Yeah, yeah. Different
1: directions, that's, all the paths we go. This is the this is the connection between them, and then he's back at it. At the end of the war, forty-five. The problem is, comics are still seen as chump work. Mm. A lot has changed in the war. No more superheroes, of course. Martin Goodman's like, well, you <laughs> know what's popular? <laughs> Forget the superheroes again. I love this guy.
0: So it's like, what's our- salad Do
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> Every picture of him, he has a cigar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I knew it.
0: I knew it. For those listening, I was, I was, mi- I was miming a cigar, uh and I was spot on.
1: <laughs> Two fingers. <laughs> So he's like the Archie stuff, the, you know, high school romance, the silly relationship, mm. humor type stuff. That's what's selling now. Mm. So we're going to go for that. And then just it, it hits every single genre. It's like, oh, sci-fi is popular now. We're going to go into that. Dude. Romance is popular. Westerns are really big. Crime stuff is really big. So they, they're just hitting all of
0: these different angles. And that must have been fantastic to just be able to be a writer because you're just like. Man, that's that's my dream is to be assigned. Do this. Now do something totally different. Now do something totally different. And we got to, it's got to have a blue shoe or we don't get the money (laughs) on the con. You know, like whatever. Yeah. Like I love that. And the the constraints and the limitations behind. That's the stuff I just thrive on. So I'm just like, oh, that sounds incredible. Just being like, now it's a Western this week because it's popular, kid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) he says in his thing, he's like, we did so many
1: something the kids (laughs) for these Westerns. So they're just branching out all over the place doing all this kind of stuff. This is where his. Not yet, but soon-to-be wife but, comes into oh, the picture.
0: Here she walks in. Oh,
1: here she walks in. Oh, Joan. Through the frosted window. So he gets connected, and somebody is like, oh, I want you to meet this girl. And he meets up with her. He's like, oh, I love her. Immediately. I knew it. Embarrasses himself <laughs> in front of her. He's like, oh, we're going to marry. The problem is, so she's from England. She's a model in New York. Mm. And uh, she came from England. I love no. <laughs> <laughs> But she got married as a war bride coming over to some stupid army guy when she was in Europe. And then they go over together and she's like, I don't want to marry this guy. But the mm. divorce law in New York is super tough to get a divorce.
0: Oh, yeah. So, but Different the, time. The place
1: in uh, the U.S. where it is not a problem is Nevada, Ooh. Reno. So Ooh. he's like, I- I'm going to send you over to Reno so you can divorce this guy and then we're going to get married. Because you just got to be a resident for like six weeks or something, Tight. in Nevada, and then you can get your <laughs> divorce filed. So he flies back over there. They get the divorce, go to the next door in the courthouse, get married. They, you're <laughs> mine now. There's nothing you can do about it.
0: <laughs> they uh, they the were lockdown. married
1: for sixty nine years. Oh my gosh, she, that is beautiful. Yeah, she died at ninety five in twenty seventeen. Yeah, and then yeah. he died in ninety at ninety five in twenty eighteen. What a gorgeous life. Yeah, so sh- she is.
0: Not going to be really Wait, mentioned. Wait, hold on. Let's go back. Yeah. What you just described sounds exactly like parts of the plot to The Notebook. <laughs> that probably <laughs> not happened all to everybody out, in the know. 40s. Yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe it's just a 40s story. Maybe that's all.
1: <laughs> so she's not going to feature too much in this, but just keep in the back of your mind that she's strong, supporting him constant, behind him on, on the way, all the way in all of this. She does show up one more time, which we'll get to, which is his turning point and mm. how he was able to make the jump to what he really liked doing. Oh. Um, but she's in it to win it all the time. Joan is her Incredible. name. Incredible, Joan. But they're still in limbo because comics are not a success. So we've moved through the 40s, now we're hitting the 50s. Another player enters the arena. It is this guy Wortham. Wortham. Burn comic books. He hates them. Oh. He's this psychologist, psychiatrist, wrote this famous his book. certificate because he got to change that name. <laughs> <laughs> Wortham. It's Wortham. Comics are no longer... Seen as quality, well, I mean, I guess they were never quality, but they're no longer seen as reputable to be given to children. Right, they sort of fall in the dark <clears> path. <throat> There's a full Senate investigation. There's a new. I don't know if you were familiar with the Hays Code in film, where they it was around mm. the same time where mm-hmm. it was these unofficial censorship laws, and you right. had to get this seal of approval. And if you didn't, it was essentially. A non film and blacklisted and removed from whatever. So, this is the same thing as the comics code where it was like you can't show vampires and werewolves. If there's a crime being committed, it has to be off the page and it can't be done to these specific people. There can't be any mention of drugs. There can't be any all of these stipulations for this thing. And it's like, I kind of love that kind of stuff. Yeah.
0: (laughs) They didn't like it in the 50s. They didn't want it. (laughs) So now, no, I mean the, I mean the limitations of like, oh, (laughs) it's like you telling me the roads I can't go down. Well, you're definitely highlighting the ones I can't. You know, like yeah, that for me, I'm you're like that's not closed doors is not that's just a personal thing. Closed doors is not a, a dead end for me. It just sucks for
1: the comic book industry because now they were doing all of these westerns and crime and horror and thriller. And that's what was popular to people. Mm. And now they can't do any of that. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, like Martin Goodman's like, well, what are we going to do? What do the people want? We what can't do, do the what people the people want. Yeah. We can't do what the people want. So there's this huge drought for comics distribution. Stanley has to fire his friends. They were mm. making 70 different comics and now they're only because they had to sell also to somebody else who bought them. As a part of the deal, they're like, "We well, we're gonna completely close this down basically, and you can only make eight comics oh, a man. month. Duncan as opposed 70. to seven. Oh, gosh. So they have to get rid of That's a lot of people. Heartbreaking your he's friends saying, and oh. Yeah, he's like, This is tough. Or at least the freelancers, because yeah, he's still yeah. kind of a one man show. So the fifties sweep by in fifty eight, you know, it's a it's a whole roller coaster with this comic books industry, but he ends up hiring on this guy Ditko, and then he hires on Kirby again. Oh. who was his old boss oh, Kirby. to be an illustrator. So that's tension. This is kind of like the sinking ship of the comic book industry. It's a last resort. I want to go into In This Time Frame, because when Kirby comes on is when you really start to see his style and the way he goes about making comics and why this was so different from what was going on with DC, with these other places, mm-hmm. and essentially why Stanley is regarded as the ultimate comic book guy. Right. Yeah. So they dubbed it the Marvel method. Now it was Stan Lee's method, but it's the way that you make comics. So traditionally what you would do is, or I guess I'll relate it to films. Like you have a script and it's got everything in it. It's got the dialogue. It's got who's doing what it's got, what's going on in the visual elements. And then you hand that off to somebody else and then they make the film. With comics, that was very much the case where you'd have the script and it'd be like, in panel one, this is what's going on, we look at the city, and then in panel two, we we get closer in on the superhero as they're talking about whatever, and then they have the dialogue, all that stuff. Stan Lee, to his credit, because they needed to keep churning things out and Mm -hmm. because he was just... I feel like he's, even for all his bravado, he's a pretty humble dude and trusting of other people for this. Mm-hmm. So he comes up with the plot. It's much, very much like a short, hour-long workshop kind of thing mm. where he's like, here's what's going on here. He has all the ideas. He's got the ideas for the characters, what they're going to be doing, that kind of thing. And then he just says, go draw it. Leave me space for the narration and the dialogue in each page. Huh. And do it and come up with the 20 pages. Oh, weird. So he's like, we need to get from here to here.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: This needs to happen in the middle. And this is kind of what I'm thinking. But they come up with the costumes, they come up with the characters, they come up... And he just has all of the, the verbiage and the narration yeah, yeah. and the dialogue. And so that's his signature style, oh, wow. is how it sounds. It sounds very colloquial, very like, you know, like a friend talking to you over the top in the descriptions. And, the you know, that's why he had the amazing Spider-Man, the Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah. He just really upsells it to people. I thought, wow, incredible. Everything yeah. was good. everything, incredible Hulk. Yeah, <laughs> just, that, was, that was his thing. Yeah, um, fantastic, but just the he loved, the, no. the freedom. And so, when people come on later, they get totally choked up. But Jack Kirby is super into this, even. And, and that's what's interesting, is in interesting. spite of their yeah. tensions, they work so well together. And I wonder, too, if that's even part of it, mm-hmm. is because mm-hmm. they were so at odds. Like, if they were in the room together the a whole time, bit of a competition. working on, on it, you're bringing your best, you mm-hmm. know. But because of this ambiguity to the creative process, it has created a lot of animosity between Kirby and Stan Lee, mm. or at least Kirby. Stan Lee's like, I don't know what this dude's talking about. Yeah, But like, Kirby's like, no, I created stuff. I came up with Spider-Man. Because you don't hear about Kirby as much. It's just like, Stan Lee, the creator of all this stuff. And it really was, mm-hmm. Stan Lee wasn't drawing anything. Mm-hmm. So it was half and half. But But to say that somebody created it, it's tough. Yeah. I will say though that he did start putting in before anybody else, he came up with putting in all of the credits in the comics for who did what. Oh. Because nobody even know who who was making the oh, comics. Wow. And so in spite of the fact that Kirby's like, ah, he didn't give us any credit and it's a Stan Lee everything. Even within the comics, he was like, no, it was drawn by this, it was lettered by this, it was colored by this. (laughs) What are you
0: talking about? Did you read the back?
1: (laughs) Did you see? Your name's in it, man. But he becomes the face of Marvel. He becomes the face of comic books because of his bravado and because he's the one that is orchestrating it all. Hmm. So Stan Lee had that charisma to act as the face of the thing. Mm -hmm. And by proxy, Kirby's image and the way that he was
0: represented got downplayed. In the creative yeah. process
1: so that's the that's kind of what's happening
0: doesn't sound as as ruthless as what happened with the Batman creator um, are you aware of that a little bit yeah yeah the I, I I've forgotten a lot of the story but there, if for anybody interested there's a wonderful documentary on Hulu that they produced about mm. uh, the other guy that helped uh, it's Bob Kane and Bill Finger and I'm sure yeah, Bill, Finger Bill Finger is, is one the that other one up, yeah. yeah so they've only now retroactively are going back and putting him on everything that's being made thus forth. Mm-hmm. So it's just a fascinating, fascinating story, and there's just a beautiful documentary about it. Highly recommend. That's very, very similar to this, but this, this, uh, Bill Finger got intentionally screwed. Mm -hmm. Where this sounds more ambiguous and more just like accidental, and it's just like that's just yeah.
1: So that's the 50s. Yeah, they're still churning out paltry content that he doesn't really care about. Always in the back of his mind, I'm supposed to be writing a great American novel. Mm. What on earth am I doing? Uh, It's 1960. He's almost 40 years old now, which Mm. is about the same time as his father started losing his jobs and work in the Great Depression. His father was around Mm -hmm. 40 years old. So it's like, this is the time where, again, comics are in a slump. Martin Goodman's like, what are we going to do? What do the people want?
0: Martin Goodman scratching at that desk (laughs) again. What do we do? (laughs) I love this guy. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) He's a mess. (laughs) Um, just constant, just constant, like worry, just like what, what's happening this week. <laughs> great for Stan Lee because yeah. they're
1: just churning out churning and then that's why he adapted his process because he's like we gotta keep right, stuff going right, right, right. we gotta get these artists paid they can't be waiting for two weeks for me to come up with a script so I'll just tell them something let them draw we'll figure it out on to the I, next I, thing I love on when, the next you, thing. When,
0: when especially artists man, find a workflow to just make things make the magic happen like, this, like the South Park guys Like it's incredible what they get done how fast they get it done how dialed in it is except none of it's written you know like, yeah. it's it's insane it's there's a also documentary process. about that if you want to go find that the South Park <laughs> Documentary <laughs> just about how they make it, it's mm-hmm. like 24 hours to air, or something like that yeah. is what it's called. And it just says you're with them in their studio from beginning to end on an episode, and they do it in like no time flat. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. But I just love when... Because it's totally unorthodox. Nobody does. They figured it out themselves because it was the necessity of the project. It's just, this is how we have to do this. If we're going to make this content that's going to say this every week or every month, you know, whatever, yeah. however however often it was, it has to be done on a... You know, like, they just figured out what they needed to get what they... how how What they needed to do to get what they needed. Mm-hmm. And it's just nuts. So I just love seeing... Anybody find a workflow that's unorthodox that just does produce results. Yeah. Especially I love it when artists do. It also makes Stanley in this case indispensable.
1: Yeah. Because it's like you can't if that and that's a, a huge thing in, in a workplace where it's like Absolutely. if you need not just like you can't train anybody to do this. He's the only one that has the mental capacity and now that he's forty, the experience because mm-hmm. this is the only job he's done since he's left high school. Golly even in the war he was still doing it
0: and so is he down like okay because we were just saying um we were just saying he's still in the back of his mind wanting to write the great american novel how heavily is that weighing on him by 40 you know he's now you know so like this is said, the lynch like this, this is, is the when yeah. his dad you know same time as dad started losing his job losing his way now he's reaching it um the comics industry He's ridden this wave since he stepped out of high school. The comics industry is going down into the toilet again. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> it's like, he's never done what he wanted to. I could have like, I'm not yeah. 40 yet, but I already feel like a failure. <laughs> you know, it's
1: like, Oh no. You know,
0: it's like, I can't imagine what that would feel like to be that much further down the road. And yeah, still feel like you haven't gone anywhere. But at the, uh, let's be real. Pretty incredible. What he's been doing. <laughs> right. But, uh, but, uh, you know, in his eyes, he's, you know, it's not what he wanted, he's still got right. a goal. So like how bad how heavy is that weighing on him at this point? Well, so he's basically ready to be done. Mm. Comes
1: home, this is where Joan comes back into the picture. Oh. and she's like, Look, There's you gotta <laughs> he's basically like, I don't care what's going on, I can I can we can switch jobs, we can move, we can do whatever and she's like, mm. You should do make something that you wanna read. Again, superheroes are sort of in a downturn again.
0: Yeah. But, Good this is he, but this is what
1: he's interested in, and he's like, you know, at the very least, Martin Goodman will not care if it doesn't sell because it's already not selling anyways. Right. Um, Now's the time. Nothing to lose. Exactly. And so he's like, I want to do something that has the humanity to it. Now it's not un. It's not. It's not like it's never been done before. Where oh well, we're going to be relating to these characters, but in the superhero genre, that was not mm-hmm. necessarily mm-hmm. the case. So the first thing he comes up with is the Fantastic Four, mm. where he's saying, Okay, well what what if what if I had extraordinary people in extraordinary circumstances trying to live an ordinary life mm-hmm. and it was also a big deal that they didn't have masks on. Like everybody knew that Reed Richards was Mr. Fantastic who was married to Sue Storm, whose right. you know, brother was the human torch that first step into yeah. the and they each have their own <laughs> complications yeah. that they have to relate to as a family and they stick mm. together as a family. But they, they they go on these crazy adventures and whatever, but it's there's definitely a human element to it that was never seen before. And also, they're, like, not perfect. Like, Reed Richards is this lanky, awkward scientist, and then he
0: gets powers, and he stays a lanky, awkward scientist. <laughs> so yeah, you it, know? Did not, it did not, like, change his entire perception of the world. It didn't fix all... Like, we all have the things yeah. we wish we could change, but... If we snapped our fingers and changed those things, would it actually achieve the goal we really want? Yeah. So he puts it out.
1: This is not the social media time. So they put it out. And then three months later is when it goes to print. (laughs) And then they get the whatever. So they're getting a lot of letters in. And he's like, oh, Lord. Because usually what happens with the letters is because people want a refund because there was some technical defect in the printing of their book or like it's off center. And they're like, wow, we want our money back. So he's getting all these letters about it. And uh, they're fan letters saying how amazing it is.
0: Oh, wow. And he's big on answering these letters, so he's answering all of them. um, I wonder how much one of those goes for auction on that TV show. It's like, here we have an original Stan Lee <laughs> fan Fantastic letter. Four. Um, yeah, Fantastic Four dated 19... Okay. What, what was it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like... You watch the QVC. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm thinking... I'm, I can't remember the name of it. It's the. Uh, it's where people bring in their old... Oh, Antiques Roadshow. Antiques Roadshow! <laughs> Road oh, Man, where have they been? Oh! Uh, they're still on PBS. Oh, thank God. Season was 1 like, million. I was hoping it wasn't like Richard Simmons. No, gone. If you're wondering where he is, go look it up. <laughs> he's gone. Uh, and he's never coming back. Never, ever. But uh, yeah, I want, I want to say, wonder, I wonder what one of those old, Stan, I wonder what Stan Lee handwritten things would go for, like from the 60s, like from the 40s, 50s, and yeah. 60s. Well, especially like. now. Mm-hmm.
1: They have a he has a private museum library kind of thing. Oh really? Yeah, where they have a lot of his stuff. Because he was also because of the churn of this, mm-hmm. he didn't really save anything. He's like that ah, was a script and then it was on yellow paper and then we threw it away. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, There's, yeah, we're yeah. making seven trillion garbage. Things, so I want to write the great American novel. Yeah, <laughs> so he didn't really. So that's also it's probably worth a lot more right now because of oh, that. Oh man. Um, you what know. time? What
0: what? What year? So
1: this is in the early sixties. Okay. Yeah because in 1960 is when he turns 40 his his wife gets back with him and is like yo you got to you got to make what you want. So they're still doing their yeah. thing. Superheroes are coming back. People are loving this stuff. Um Fantastic Four was a hit. Fantastic Fan Four was a hit. Fan letters all over the and place. He answered them. So then that it becomes its own thing. He comes to Goodman against his better judgment and is like, "Hey, I want to do this thing called Spider-Man." Huh? <laughs> Sp- <laughs> Spider what? And so he explains it to him. Goodman's like, Nah, you can't do that. A, people hate spiders. B, teenagers are sidekicks. They're not superheroes. And C, heroes are supposed to be heroic. They're not losers. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Threw it at him as he went out there. And, uh, don't come back to you, something good. But yeah. <laughs> people want Westerns. So Stan Lee, this week. he puts it in Amazing Fantasy Comics. Mm. And this was supposed to be the last issue of Amazing Fantasy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like one... You know, like these comics where it's an amalgamation of different things. So it was one of the stories in that. Um, And this is where he went to Kirby to draw it. And then his style was not appropriate for the thing. Because he's like, oh, he's a teenager and it's awkward and whatever. Mm -hmm. So this is where he gets Ditko. Then months later, it's bumping. Fan letters come in. I love that. And Goodman's like, oh, you put this in here. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you do? Yeah, wait a second. Good. (laughs) It's a hit. But the problem is... They still can only do eight titles. Yeah, They're still in this embargo uh, from, yeah. from being bought by this other company. Uh, so he's coming up just blasting through, coming up with the Hulk, coming up with Thor, coming up with Iron Man. Oh but man. they have to drop the Hulk in 63 uh, because they can only put yeah, in eight different, ones eight go, different yeah. things at a time. The Avengers also comes out in '63, Mm. and the X Men also comes out in '63. So the early '60s, he just went on a landslide after this Fantastic Four. He was like, "We're going, we're going, we're going." Mind just opens. (laughs) Superheroes, yeah, (laughs) onto the page. And uh, so the two other things that he does that are different in comic books that separate him from everybody else in this time frame Mm -hmm. and forever is he wanted, kind of like social media now, fan engagement. He didn't want it to be this weird separation mm-hmm. between you pick up the comic, you read it, and then you throw it away. He's like, no, there are people behind this. We want to know what you think.
0: Well, we broke down that barrier and beat it with a de- <laughs> yeah. beat it with a bat. Smash, like, subscribe, comment. Yeah, now everybody thinks they are a corporation on their own. But that's the difference. It's 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 been the artists on the corporation side trying to bridge the gap to the mm-hmm. uh, to the audience. What it's really become is pulling the audience <laughs> into the corporation, <laughs> right. and now you can be a part of them and not get paid.
1: Yeah, you can help us with everything, and then... (laughs) Thanks! So he comes up with this thing called... uh the marvel bullpen page it's him answering questions it's replying to fan letters he he has this thing called the M- marvel no prize where if somebody submits something funny he'll send them just like a, a envelope with nothing in I it, love it. And just like having fun that's with them so fun i love writing that stuff people are asking like how did you come up with this how are you doing this what does this person do it's just a whole big back and forth every single issue he's putting forth all this effort i think that's what goes unnoticed maybe it's like that's like a ton of extra stuff yeah. that potentially has no return but it's that's just, why people are buying it the return is, to... is
0: just the the buying it the engagement yeah at all yeah that's i love that yeah so i love that because it's a little bit more genuine than like commenting on an instagram post right or, you know something like it's actually like sending here i'll i will hand write you an envelope back Full of nothing, because yeah. <laughs> it's a joke because you wrote me something, <laughs> and <fine>. maybe nobody <laughs> else will ever hear about. Right? That. No, it's just a look. Somebody had that little experience, or however many experiences with yeah. it, you know. That's that's incredible, and it's just between them, you know. And he carried that over
1: until he was 95 years old at every single comic-con he would sign everything he was mm-hmm. he was the most popular person at all this stuff because he never stopped he never got tired of explaining how he came up with spider-man he probably said how he did that 12 trillion times in his life and he said it with the same smile and enthusiasm yeah. when he was nine that really
0: is a marvel never never a sign of jadedness all the way to the end man. He, was he was so was excited all Yeah. loved it all loved everybody Mm-hmm. that's that's super true. I mean, people get tired of saying the same thing in, in, in a short amount of time. You see actors going on a press tour for a movie they only have to support for six weeks and they just cannot, <laughs> they can't sit in the chair. They're melting out of the chair by yeah. the end of it. You know, it's just, you know, he went his whole life being asked the same question about Spider-Man and, you know, Fantastic Four. Yeah.
1: And I think that's where it's hard for me to think about the difference between him and Jack Kirby, who grows jaded from all of this. Because Stan Lee did make potentially a lot of sacrifices to be the face of this and yeah. it's like it's hard for people to conceptualize oh 17 people worked on this and what does a colorist do versus right. the artist versus the editorial you know like it's confusing yeah. so to just be like oh stan lee he made the comic right that, and and he's a cool dude and he's willing to answer questions and he's fun so be it that helps yeah get comics into the mainstream as opposed to confusing people with all of this different credits and stuff
0: it's like a taste of celebrity director almost you know Mm -hmm. before the really is you know like hitchcock that's just yeah he was happening right and barely at the
1: same time so Mm -hmm. yeah so this is the mid-60s he starts adding instead of so what the traditional martin goodman way is like cool keep pumping them out add more 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 Mm -hmm. stan lee's like no we want to add more to what we've already created so we're going to interconnect them we're going to create romance we're what? going to add a this is smoke oh god
0: well don't tell me you're not going to do it because i know you'll just do it anyway <laughs> by my back and it'll be great so don't do it <laughs>
1: but do it, but do it. <laughs> so things like uh in the first spider-man that gets his own thing he's trapped by the fantastic four So he's already merged the two comics together. Mm. Same thing with the Avengers Mm -hmm. coming into play. Um, He integrates like where he has his thing in the back where he's talking to guests. Doctor Doom captures Stan Lee (laughs) and Jack Kirby (laughs) in an episode. Yeah, he just merges it all together, breaks the
0: fourth wall because (laughs) he lost his mind one night. (laughs) It's like he adaptationed it with, yeah. with Charlie Kaufman. What Coffin if I it. got taken over? <laughs> yeah. He adaptation, that whole thing. Like, but and people love Dr. Doom will come in here. Me and, <laughs> Me and Kirby will be in part of it. Oh, this is great. Yeah.
1: Oh. <laughs> and Kirby's like,
0: well, I don't know if we uh, should draw it. <laughs> Stan, are you
1: all right? People love it, though. This is also when he came out with Black Panther in 66, again, breaking the trend, the first black superhero. Oh, wow. 66. Yeah. Getting his own thing. Um, going back to Batman, this is when the Adam West show comes out 66. Or oh, thereabouts. hot. So this is, this is mm-hmm. the idea of like, oh, maybe this can be adapted into something else and doesn't yeah. just have to stay on the page. But there becomes a slump in the late 60s. People grow tired of it. Just It's just a constant roller coaster. It's an up and down. It's hot. It's not. It's hot. It's not. So Kirby, his contract ends in 70, so he turns it down and goes to work for DC. Ah! So now he's gone. He ain't real. So it was just the time frame of the 60s where he and Stan Lee were working together, coming up with all this stuff, and then he dips again.
0: You didn't know what you had, man. You didn't know. Come on, man. No. Yeah.
1: So in the rest of the the decade, it's just it's again constantly an up and down but i'll just kind of go through some of the highlights until we get to the big resurgence mm-hmm. in the 2000s mm-hmm. the, going back to the comics code though mm-hmm. this was also part of it so this is where things kind of open up the the US uh drug and health administration went to him and it's like we got to do something about all these all this drug use oh. so very important issue spider-man number 96 norman osborn is addicted to pills mm. and it's like you know, Spider-Man knows that he's Green Goblin at this time. A bunch of stuff happens. He goes to talk to Harry, who's Norman Osborn's son, mm-hmm. and Harry has overdosed. Oh, God. And has to take him to the hospital. Oh, my Nor- God. Norman sees this and freaks out and changes his... It was like a huge, huge thing in the this story. This not about
0: fighting crime at all. Yeah. This is about <laughs> saving lives in a personal way. Yeah. And and it's in a way big...
1: that we- all, all of us can do. Yeah. And so... The Comics Code is like, wait a minute, they're talking, they're talking about drugs. (laughs) Hey, so this is this did not get the seal of approval. Oh, which was like the first major one that was like, wait a minute. But this is Spider Man. Still
0: do it because it just needs to be done. Yeah,
1: it just needs to be told. Like I love that. And then the Comics Code got abolished after that because they were like, wait a minute, (laughs) we should, yeah. Spider-Man number 96 was when that happened. Uh, In 72, now we're moving into the 70s, Lee gets promoted from the editorial director to he becomes the publisher. Martin Goodman, see ya. No!
0: And where did you end up? Um, <laughs>
1: gone. Oh, no. Retired. He said, I can't Show do it anymore. The well, the company's in disarray. They're having all these different buyouts and all these different switches to different, you know, every it's all the financial nonsense of I that. I hope
0: he was hot and cold until the end of his life.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm retiring. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Is everybody retiring? Yeah. <laughs> Rest in Goodman.
1: <laughs> Based on his legacy, though, just in '73 for some context, still superheroes. There's only 28 superhero comics that they're doing. There's mm-hmm. still 16 mystery ones and 10 westerns. Good lord! So it's not what we think of, right? Even in the even after all of that that happened in right. the '60s. Um, so in the '70s, the big deal that saved them was Star Wars. Oh, they got the wow. rights to do that Man. comic.
0: Oh, cool! Yeah. I never, I didn't. Oh, that makes sense. I know a little <laughs> bit about this
1: now. Even. Yeah. Um, so in the seventies, the big deal was they weren't really doing their own thing, but they're trying to do merch, TV shows, books, Hollywood. This is where you get all the crappy animated Marvel shows,
0: um, that just didn't really go anywhere. Mm-hmm. They're trying to sell stuff. And stand Lee... I used to watch the old sixties spider animated Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I have, I used to have them on DVD, like as much of them as I could get. It was yeah. a weird time in the two thousands when they would put like <laughs> four episodes of a season on, on DVD and, yeah, out yeah. and be like, this is a the Spider-Man. Yeah. The Nobody weird remembered. but yeah, yeah. so I, I I watched a lot of those. They were pretty uh they're pretty good. Like I liked them. Like yeah. uh, they're they're quaint and they're certainly dated, but like I, don't, I, I recommend them if, if just to get a taste of like yeah. the tra- just the transformation of all of this Where stuff. Where it was
1: still campy, and I think they were still yeah. going
0: off of the 66 Adam West yes, kind of stuff.
1: And he was like, wait, this is not what we're writing in the comics. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, how why is this being translated weird? So that's the constant battle. And it's interesting to think about, just for some context, now that the movies do have what the comics had in the 60s, in terms of the depth of character yes. and connections and interwovenness the fact that he was trying to do that in the '70s, forty years ago. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. So th- this has been a con- this has been a constant journey for him in yeah, making he had a that the... to make
0: comic books more intimate and personal. And... Yeah. He did. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now we he get changed to see it for it. everybody. Yeah. And now we get to see it in this other medium. Because I mean, you don't think because harkening back to uh, our episode for, about Watchmen. Mm-hmm. This stuff has to happen first, before yeah. before that can, you know, like this is the baby step, and then Alan Moore takes, it, well, you want to get real, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, But like he he can't do that unless there are like Fantastic Four dealing with some menial problems mm-hmm. and those types of things, and, and still going into of the ideas and like, well, great. what yeah. if we turned it into absolute horror, you yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's it's interesting to see how you need these yeah. these baby steps from different people and, and everybody's input mm-hmm. helps the the medium and everybody gets to add their little piece if you're lucky yeah um that's i like and i, I like that being able to now we're talking about three different episodes here that yeah uh, that are that, Inter- intersect yeah. even the human beings in their lives yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: yeah so speaking of the intersections the baby steps Superman, the live action movie, comes out in seventy eight, which doesn't really fit in with his style of the like we said, the personal comic book, whatever. But it proves that Mm -hmm. oh, we can get into the live action, we can have a feature length film. Right, Stanley moves a little
0: more serious than the than Adam West movie Mm -hmm. because they did the Adam West TV series did a movie, but it was still very much the vein of the TV shows, wacky. Mm -hmm. It was a very long TV show, cartoony. So it wasn't really like pushing buttons. Yes, it was a feature film, but it was just the comedy that mm-hmm. we knew in the in the tv show that so this was actually uh, another step in the yeah. in that direction be like no 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 this could be it's all, you know this could well, if we take this a little more it's not quite the book but it's yeah. a little more the book and certainly than than the way they went with batman
1: right so stan lee because of that moves to la and at this point he has nothing to do with the comics hmm. he's taken he's written his last spider-man issue he's done <laughs> with <laughs> I've that
0: written my last <laughs> spider-man issue it was fantastic, but I've I, got to move on. We got movies to make. Movies. Hello, L.A.
1: <laughs> He's sitting out in the sun. He made this little like cardboard box for him to type over, so it wouldn't melt the keys. And the oh pen. my! <laughs> You're like, what are you doing, Stan? Sitting in the courtyard.
0: He's like, I love this. I uh, gotta live that L.A. life, baby.
1: <laughs> um. So going back to things happening in real life, the Doctor Doom stealing him. Spider Man got married in real life. Uh, In real life. In eighty seven, yeah. Because of the issue where he marries Mary Jane, they had an actual wedding with actors at Shea Stadium. Oh my god. Stadium in New York. Yeah. And I'm gonna put in the email, but there's the is Good there Morning America oh piece
0: on it Jesus. where they interview Spider Man and Mary Jane. Oh no way, I have, I have no memory. Oh, I have no recollection. I have never, never, never knew this, but I have got to see this yeah. immediately. It's well. wild.
1: And Stan Lee's there, and they're like talking to him, and they're like, "Oh, this has been a long time." But it's also weird because like they're the sort circus. of breaking the fourth fourth yeah. wall because Stan Lee is there, who made them, and they're like asking him why he decided they should get married. It's like <laughs> I don't understand what
0: reality we're in. That is world-bending. <laughs> do not show that to a child, because it will take years to sort that out.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, so that's kind of where he's
1: at, where he's trying to get the film stuff going on. He's trying to incorporate other things, but he has nothing to do with the comics in terms of the creative process. Mm-hmm. They're kind of their own machine now.
0: Well, he gave his... Well, I mean, and that makes sense. He like he did his mm-hmm. part. Now the new generation, he can still kind of shepherd this thing, taking the company in new directions while people now know how to make these stories. Now they're they're breaking their own ground because he's laid some baby steps. Now yeah. they're going in those directions. They're going in directions that he can't because he's given what he could to yeah. that area of it. Now he's focused in a different area.
1: They're still they're still going downhill though in terms of finances. They get bought by a larger company. In 89, the Batman film comes out, and they still have not been able to create anything in a different medium Mm -hmm. that matches what DC is doing. In 1996, they have to file for bankruptcy. Good lord. Marvel does. Where was I? (laughs) What happened?
0: I'm four years old. Um, I wasn't giving my piece. I wasn't giving my part. You weren't doing it? You weren't (laughs) buying any of their comics? Uh. Um, Evan.
1: <laughs> they just had poor acquisitions. The guy that bought the company, he was investing in trading cards. And the way that the system was set up, people would buy like five issues of a comic so that they could get all the cards. But then people got tired of that. Or they're like, I don't have the money for this. Yeah. So it inflated their numbers where it was like they weren't actually selling this many copies. It was people were buying them so that they could get the five different right. trading cards. Yeah. Gimmicks. So they merge with Toy Biz, hmm. who Avi Arad... Was a part of it? And then he started the, oh, the, all the film that's stuff. How and then. Comes he comes in. Yeah. yeah. How, Interesting. He's the toy I guy. I
0: known about that guy because, obviously, I've been interested in the movies since they started making them. And for those um, that are
1: listening, you'll see his name on all of the yeah. old, like the X-Men, the first
0: Spider-Man, all that stuff. If you watch any special to. features, man, he's going to be there. He is the <laughs> Marvel cin- cinema guy. At the um, start, yeah. yeah. So he came from Toy Biz. When they merged, so that they could stay afloat in the career. So he's doing toys, and (laughs) And then he comes over to comics, and then he becomes a film Film producer. Yeah, like, and not only a film producer, but he also like he is the mastermind behind what they started, Mm -hmm. what we're in the middle of now. Yeah, (laughs) he's not from Hollywood. He's not a Hollywood guy. He's a toy guy. Yeah, comics, movies changes the face of like. (laughs) We are, st- I, don't, I don't know if anybody's aware of it, but we are stuck in a cycle of recycled properties right now mm-hmm. in cinema, and it's partly because of what Marvel has set up. This universe yeah. is out of control just because people, everyone wants to do it. Say his name again. Avi, right. There he is. Yeah. He started it. So all Stan it. Lee sort of gets removed from
1: that a little bit. He's still involved, but he's still wanting to create stuff he's yeah. like I want to do my own thing so there's this guy which is a very weird diversion in his history and this happened in the last years of his life so it's kind of unfortunate but he recovers from it but he yeah. knows that he's done with the Spider-Man and, the, and all of that stuff because techni- so Marvel owns the copyright and the pro- like and sure. he doesn't have any he gets money on the back end right. for those things but he's not he has no say in them so he right. wants to create his own stuff he wants to yeah. do his own thing there's this guy named Peter Paul which is super weird <laughs> well, where's Mary? Yeah, Peter what Paul happened? and my wife, Mary. <laughs> his name is just Peter Paul. He proposes, because this is in the early 2000s, dot-com era is coming about, mm-hmm. new media. Mm-hmm. Stan Lee's got his finger on the pulse, but he's old. So he's like, I <laughs> want old somebody. Yeah. So this guy comes to him with this proposition for this company, which they call Stan Lee Media. At this time, Marvel is still sort of shaky. They haven't made any of the movies. I read that Michael Jackson was actually considering purchasing marvel oh wow but that acquisition never went through so it was like anybody it was anybody's game anything could happen so with so i could this just stuff.
0: have them that would be great <laughs> thanks but he didn't <laughs> but he didn't but he did with the beatles i'll take these this is oh wow <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: it's a weird world in the early 2000s because of the internet um this peter paul guy though if you didn't research on his background i'm not going to No.
0: Well,
1: if you did <laughs> his i name did. makes
0: me uncomfortable <laughs>
1: He got in trouble because he was, he frauded the Cuban government he was like selling a uh, coffee that didn't exist. And then his plan was to sink the ship on the way. So they never this have guy rules. I'm
0: going to go look. Like <laughs>
1: they would never have to, uh, actually send the coffee because like, Oh, the ship sank, but there was no coffee to begin oh my with. God. But that was found out because the ship didn't sink. And then, uh, <laughs> and then earlier on, this is in the eighties, he was found trying to, get into Canada, but he was using the alias of a dead man. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, but why, who are you trying to hide? Just, those are two of the big things, but I don't, Stanley, Lord. I guess, didn't do the research. What in the world? So he, this whole company was a mess. It was all financially a disaster. He tried to run it's away. Like it, was pon- it was a rambling con man's like, Hey
0: Stan. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it was a Ponzi scheme. He's a nice guy. It's kind of like the fire festival though. It was oh, securities man. fraud. So he pumped up the stocks, bought stocks, you know, using fraudulent yeah. checks, all this stuff. So then the investors, it makes it look like it's this bigger thing with all of these celebrities involved and Stanley's corporation. He didn't really know how it worked because it's like, Stanley doesn't own Spider-Man and Captain America, all these things anymore. But he was telling people that. Right. So like, Oh, this is the new Marvel. It all went to hell. Good he Lord. got years in ten years in jail. Uh. And this is when Stan Lee is now seventy-nine years old. Yeah. You know. So they thought, oh well, this is how this guy fades off into obscurity. Na 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 na. <laughs> <laughs> X-Men comes out in two thousand one. Hot, man. Yeah. I was all over that. Now we're that back. was uh, that yeah. was it. Now we're back in the scene. Stan Lee starts another company called POW. Hmm. And he's doing, he's just all over the place, doing all different kinds of stuff up until 95, till the very end of his life. I'm not going to get into the millions of different things, but he was like working on a musical and he was consulting with Activision for the video games. And then of course, all of his cameos, Mm -hmm. but he was writing other comics and then dipping his toes into like web comics and just doing tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of different stuff. That's cool. Oh, so the the thing that happens in the 2000s that I thought was interesting, which appears, I think, in Iron Man mm-hmm. as a kind of a little inside joke, he started developing a friendship with Hugh Hefner,
0: <laughs>
1: who almost had the same life as him, but just in a different arena. Right. Because they both came into this world of publishing, but where Timely Comics was making the smutty, pulpy stuff at right. the same time, Hugh Hefner went along with that and created Playboy. Yeah. And then Stan Lee created comics. Absolutely. And in the Iron Man, he plays Hugh Hefner in the cameo.
0: Oh, wow. Oh. You know? Oh. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. <laughs>
1: but they kind of have a similar energy and they're goofy old men. and they're yeah. You know.
0: That makes total sense. Yeah. Like, as soon as you say Hugh Hefner and go, bing, 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 And they were like in it's... New York at oh, the wow, same yeah. time.
1: And they were, they, it was just very divergent. He was influencing kids and young adults and Hugh Hefner was influencing young adults, young adults (laughs) in a a different way. Um, Yeah. Um, The last little quote I will say is the, the whole summation of why people dig him and his energy that he brought to the comic space is the whole thing that he said was if superheroes can be like you, then you can be like superheroes. Ooh, that's cool. Which nobody else did. Really, to that degree, before him, yeah, and we see that even now with the properties expanding and the new animated Spider Man and how well, they changed all the comics. And he was like I don't care. Of, it's yeah. a constant
0: theme of, of a lot of his characters, as it could be anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, that, and 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 I'm I'm kind of seeing a lot of it in just the extra things that he did of like sending those fan letters back responses and all those types of things, like bridging that that gap. It's yeah. like I am not so different from you. Um, so it's 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 beautiful to look back over such a long life and see so consistent, the same uh, energy, the same energy. Because he could have faded into obscurity yeah. at any Anytime. He could have faded in the '70s. <laughs> any time, man. And yeah. he never did. I mean, right up to the end. It's not like we all didn't know when he passed away recently. It's like, it's not not like we anybody who's going to movies nowadays going to a Marvel movie. You expect to see that Stanley cameo you're looking for it in, in all the own stuff. And so I think this Avengers movie that's this coming scene. out
1: today, this is the last one.
0: Perfect. Yeah.
1: God, it's gonna be perfect. Yeah. So Evan, I've told you a little bit about the man. A little the bit the stand, the Man. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of bit. What uh a what do you, you think
0: what do you think is worth talking about? Oh man, so much. Uh when he was uh creating new names for himself and and giving himself titles of Lee stuff because he, he's or, doing yeah. it all, you yeah. know, the Halloween John Carpenter thing. He's, he's doing it all, trying to make it not look like it's just him or just, you know... He created the image of this is a whole organization. This is a running, you know, this is a company, you know, and this is what we do, you know, to an outsider, it looks like a legitimate run business when inside, if you were in the office, it's just him <laughs> sitting at a desk going, oh, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, but it's like, you have to, you have to be the one man show. You have to create the job and then hand that job off to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be the example. And he's just, he did such an amazing job of just forging his own path. Teaching others how to do it, and then letting them go, mm. and being like, "See, this is what," and then now you have this, and and then he ran off in a different direction all the time. I, I think he just has a lot of trust in the connection of people. If you can invest in people, if you can uh, help them feel a part of it, which it seems like was also. Yeah, big with him he wanted to credit people it sounds like he did once and in the back of the book where they're asking off. questions and he'll be like oh this person is and this is how they do it he opens up the doors for people to see that it is a right. bunch of people i mean and to have been an audience member in that time through the 50s 60s and 70s where you do have that just huge wall between the artist and the, and the audience for somebody like that to be breaking down that barrier to be accessible mm-hmm.
1: um and he was going to college campuses, yeah. and he was promoting it elsewhere. He was all
0: over the place. He was on late night talk shows. He was doing stuff. All he's ever doing, if it's in person, if he's talking, if he's if he's writing a comic book, like if he's all he's ever doing is saying, "You can do this too." Mm-hmm. That's why it connects. I mean, people see that in themselves, and they go, "Oh man, I'm not alone." But yeah. if you are not offering up something honest, if you're not offering up a piece of genuine experience or or hurt or or thought or anything real, then what is there for the audience to to gain? And that's why it's fascinating that the movies have carried such
1: weight as they do. Yeah. Because to have such a gigantic machine in operation, hundreds of millions of dollars per movie, Mm -hmm. thousands of people involved, and
0: it still hits those marks. Yeah. And the and the, and the personal stories there. Um, I mean, they're all they're all right there. I mm-hmm. personally, I draw I draw issues with more of just the overall aesthetic. I don't like them looking all exactly the same, but it makes sense. I get it. Right. I, I talk, but that's just a personal thing. But like, down to the personal interpersonal dramas, the character dramas, what's going on between them all. His uh, legacy remains uh, in that. It's very. I mean, it is the backbone of why people are interested. Yeah. Second most in my mind is Joan the Rock Johnson. I mean, you, uh, <laughs> Joan, his wife, <laughs> Joan, uh, just the, you know, a 70 year marriage on, you know, yeah. a, just a lifelong support system. And and
1: I wanted to bring her up cause she disappears in the story. Sure, You know what
0: I mean? But that's almost the beauty of it is that like, you know, that there was a foundation there. There was a support that she did, support him she cameoed with him
1: in x-men apocalypse i think they're like an old couple together yeah
0: that's awesome oh that's great
1: yeah but that's like her only appearance in the in the films that's awesome though i'm
0: glad that that she got to do that yeah but just that she's been there since the beginning and that she has the kind of the the genius in the middle of his whirlwind of not you know, feeling like a failure. She just leans in and goes, Well, you could just do what you want. And the worst that (laughs) will happen is you'll get fired and then you were gonna do
1: that anyway. So (laughs) Yeah, it's like,
0: well, everything's in the trash. Why don't you just do what you want and see what happens and and if it fails, then it was already failing. So yeah Perfect. (laughs) All she did is lean in and was like, Well you could just do what you want. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Oh my God (laughs) And look what happened. Fantastic four. I mean you need those those people. You need somebody that's willing to like just like lean in and say yeah. you know this is this is the this is what's going on this is what's at your feet if you'd look down yeah but you mentioned the roller coaster, of just sticking with it. That's another huge thing, man, is he just learned the game of just like he had the the foresight and the longevity to see that. No, no, no. okay, There'd be ups and downs all the time. But if you mm-hmm. just stick with it and diversify, I can ride this roller coaster all the way back around and maybe go for a few more rides, you know. But mm-hmm. it's people like Jack Kirby who are just what's happening right now. In they and get and the low, they out. get the high, and they're off. You know, it's down. No, I can't take this anymore. Off. I got it. I'm gone. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's like, no. Stan Lee's like, wait, if you can just hold on, if you can invest, if you can if you can buy in, you can ride this thing all the way back around. You never know what can happen. Jack Kirby never knew that he could be Stan Lee if he would have just stayed with things. You never you never know telling yeah. what would have happened. The I guess looming largest because it just it goes through his whole life, his personality, his work, uh, his the ever search for continuing connection. He's always about bringing people into the fold. He's always about exploring new ways, new things, new mm-hmm. people, building things. You know, he's uh, and it's all about you can too. It's always about bridging that gap of just like whoa, don't get don't get thinking you have to do whatever your dad did as a living. Hold on, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you What are you about? Yeah. You know, um, it's it, it fascinating to to have had somebody of his stature. Now, from the the hindsight of it, but his stature through the '60s and '70s actually being available and the endurance, yeah. Oh my gosh, it's unmatched. I mean, because people it never change. People
1: fade out. People disappear. And people get off the roller coaster. Like yeah. with these, now we're seeing these uh, cameos that he has, and it's interesting to see his. Maybe it's a purposeful injection of himself into his work. That's because it's his nature. But like we were talking about putting him putting getting attacked by Doctor Doom so early on. And then he himself
0: as Stan Lee the person is in some of his Yeah, that happened that ends up happening a couple more times, like in some cartoons and stuff. But I never knew it happened. He's on The Simpsons. I mean he's all over the place.
1: But just that that legacy is he's he is now not only the work is the representation of him and what he struggled with, but he is that work yeah, <laughs> literally
0: exemplified the the everything He's, i mean it's it's amazing like, and it because he's so put himself authentic.
1: in it he will he will never be removed from it right where you'd be Ever. like oh what who did that what was that about right. i saw that but i don't remember anything he will always be
0: synonymous with the superheroes he's he's of it just as much as the characters yeah he is a character in it now i mean he Bizarre, you know, it's, it's but it's, incredible at the same. time. amazing. This was a this was a really fantastic one. I really enjoyed this one. Would you say it was an incredible, amazing, I super? Say, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this was the excelsior <laughs> of episode. <laughs> He's copyrighted that phrase. No,
1: we've
0: got to bleep it. No, no this this was. I mean, I always hoped and and assumed that he just was a genuine, authentic guy, but it really is. It's like. So relieving to like, "Oh man, no, he was like he was consistent and authentic, and just wanted to bring people in all yeah. the time, yeah, um, even when they couldn't see that, and that's that I mean that's, and I mean, did he ever write that novel? I don't think so, you know it's no, like so
1: he wrote a poem that mm. was in a section of uh interviews that I read that was his favorite poem that he wrote, mm. but uh, no, he never wrote
0: never like wrote the novel but his whole Gosh. work is right. a great american and, novel and, and I, yeah no i think so and i think it, it goes far beyond i mean modern mythology yeah no it goes far beyond having written one piece of of american literature that he has created and permeated pop culture and the zeitgeist of current culture of current over I mean I just, years it's insane it's amazing yeah as you go see avengers
1: in the coming weeks I'm sure you will and all the memes and all the jokes and everything that follows after this movie be thinking about started from the comic book started from this one guy
0: and the team around him it's all about not being so different than the person next to you yeah beautiful cool all right guys well thanks for listening so much